in motion is Sewell. Goff to throw. Wants to throw it to Sewell. Oh, he caught it. Boy, yes. Sewell on first down. Oh, yes. the big man dives down to the 31-yard line. Oh, that is beautiful. Welcome to the 20 Minute Huddle podcast presented by Microsoft. And last offseason, we had a bunch of the assistant uh, Lions coaches in. Kind of let fans get to know them a little bit, let them talk about their position groups. And I'm excited to bring that back this year. And so I welcome in Cameron Davis, assistant uh, defensive line coach for the Detroit Lions. First season here. And and Cam, going back and, and looking at your kind of you know, rise to this spot. Obviously, you know, came from Lamar. You're the defensive coach there, but you had a, a bunch of assistant uh, coaching stops, Texas A&M, Kentucky. Um, but something jumped out to me a little bit. You were a public relations intern in, for the <laughs> Oakland Raiders in 2020 or 2012, 2013. Just yeah. talk about that experience. And boy, has this come full circle now, 10 years later from being a public relations intern in the NFL to now being a coach? Yeah, yeah, that was a, um, it's kind of crazy to think about where I started and where I am now. Um, I honestly had no intentions of wanting to be a coach. I was playing football at a junior college, and I got diagnosed with a heart defect. Long story short, I ended up meeting Amy Trask, who was the CEO for the Raiders at the time, mm-hmm. uh, and then she offered me a PR intern's position there. And uh, so my first job in the NFL was working for the uh, public relations department for the Oakland Raiders. And then from there, I kind of got into equipment, and then long story ended up kind of coaching from there but when you start in PR I mean you deal with the players a ton in Mm -hmm. the PR and so being a former player it it, just being around them seeing it every day is that what maybe kind of started the 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 the, coaching coaching interest there a little Uh, bit not really really? Uh, so the story is is that I was working in equipment so I did equipment Monday through Friday Mm -hmm. and then I did uh, PR on game days and so I would take the old cliques that the Raiders players weren't using them more, and I would donate them to an old junior college coach that I used to um, coach, play for, excuse me. And uh, he kept trying to ask me to come out and coach. You know, what what was I going to do with my life since I wasn't playing anymore? I was like, I don't know, but I don't want to coach. And he was like, man, you should give coaching a try. And then one day I just finally decided to take him up on the offer. And, um, you know, that along with, you know, some kind of reinforcement from my wife as well, too. Decided to take both of them up, and I just tried coaching. And my first day was a spring day. It was the last day of spring practice, and I fell in love with it. And I was like, this is exactly what I want to do, and I haven't looked back from there. Ten years later now, you've joined the NFL. First impressions, biggest takeaway of, of now joining the highest <clears throat> level of coaching? Um, that's a good question. Uh, it's hard. <laughs> I guess it would be the easiest yeah. takeaway. Um, you know, I think there is a uh, – there's a great amount of work that kind of goes into preparing for a game plan. You know what I mean? You want to give the respect that each opponent deserves. Um, and you have to be very diligent in your approach for the game plan. You want to make sure that you as a coach know what you're talking about and you want to be able to give your players the best position or the best uh, opportunity to be successful in the field. And it, it definitely takes a lot of work. Um, you know, as you grow in the coaching profession and you go from college to the NFL, game planning is game planning is just the minute details at this level are so imperative that, you know, everything matters. So just trying to understand that, just making sure that I'm on top of everything, whether it's run game, pass protection, uh, you know, stunts, anything like that, that might help us um, win a game. I got to know it, you know what I mean? And so just 
understanding that it's been a uh, it's been an adjustment, but yeah. I, I like it for sure. What's it like working for Dan Campbell? What's it like working with John Scott Jr., the, the defensive line coach? Yeah, um, Dan Campbell, uh, great guy. I love that guy. Um, I think the thing that I can appreciate the most about Dan Campbell is the fact that he is authentic. He's not going to BS you. He's not going to try to be somebody he's not, and he's going to empower everybody to be who they are. You know, And that – it goes a long way in this industry and it goes a long way when you're trying to be the best version of yourself. I think in coaching, if you're fake, your players are going to know it. And mm -hmm. if your players don't feel like they can trust you and they don't feel like you're being authentic to you, they're not going to trust you and they're not going to play well for you. And um, obviously it's the NFL and the money and the contracts and the, the, the lights and the fame and all that kind of stuff. It could be a distraction. And if you don't lock into the details and know who you are and, you know, stay focused on that, it can it can turn into a bad thing. But I appreciate Dan empowering everybody to be who they are. Uh, John Scott, John Scott's a great guy. Um, I, I like the fact that we're working together. I love the fact that we're working together, excuse me. Um, he's kind of given me a lot of freedom to do me. Uh, we kind of split the front up and whatnot uh, often, um, allow me to grow as a coach and empower me to grow as a coach. I, I really appreciate what he's done for me so far since he's been here. All right. I was excited when I knew you were coming on because this defensive line obviously is going to be a huge part of the success mm -hmm. of this Detroit Lions mm -hmm. defense. And so I guess first off, when we, we start talking about this line, these players, what's what's the, what, what's the mantra on uh, up front on defense? What do you guys want to be known about? What are you trying to instill in your players about this is what kind of defensive line we want to be in 2023? One word, violence. I want to have the most violent unit up front in, in the, all of the NFL. I want guys to know that when they turn on the tape for us, or the opposing team, excuse me, it's going to be a long four-quarter ball game. And I think it starts with the guys up front on both sides of the ball, but for sure on the defensive line. Um, we're going to be violent. We're going to strike blocks. We're going to go get after the quarterback. But, you know, if there's one thing I want to be known for, it's being violent. That is it. That is all. That I tell my guys all the time: <laughs> violence, violence, violence. And there's no ex or there's no excuse for not playing violently. I think the fans are going to love. I think there's a violence shirt in, in somebody's future. I know that's a big thing <laughs> here in Detroit. And then Just violence, violence on the back on or something it. like that. I Absolutely. Love it. Look, you worked with Miles Garrett when you were a graduate assistant at uh, Texas A&M. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just curious. Obviously, he's a very talented guy. Yeah. Seven sacks his rookie year, and then he's been a double digit guy since one of the better pass rushers. You get another top drafted guy to work Absolutely. with in Aiden Hutchinson, and you look at the impact he had his first season, nine and a half sacks, three interceptions, but, you know, the tackles for loss, every, all the little things. How excited are you work with Aiden, and, and what do you expect from him going into year two? Because the interactions I've had with Aiden is that kid's all about ball. He is. I mean, he is all about ball. So I think there's an excitement brewing about now he, it wasn't the underwear Olympics for him. You know, he got to watch film, get better off that, and, and, and go into year two. So I'm curious from your perspective, what have you seen from him early? And, and what are the expectations? What's the ceiling for that young man? I mean, I don't know. The ceilings are whatever he wants to put the cap on it. Um, I'm really excited to be going into year two with Aiden. I think the biggest thing that I can say so far that I've noticed is the change in his body. He looks bigger, he looks stronger. Obviously, there's more comfortability in the system going into year two. Um, he had a fantastic rookie year. Obviously, he could play the run. He had a couple of interceptions, and he can also go after get after the quarterback, excuse me. Um, I, I really think the ceiling is, is wherever he sets it at. I think the thing with Aiden, though, that is very um, – I appreciate the most about him as a player is he's very um, 
he's very specific in how he goes about his game plan. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He has a routine. He follows his routine. He's very locked in mentally. And I think from that perspective, you can kind of load him up with things and he's able to go out there and execute the game plan. And he's versatile too. Absolutely. I mean, that's one of the big things I know um, Aaron wants in that defense. Guys yeah. that can play a lot of different positions yeah. can be versatile. We saw that kind of NASCAR, NASCAR package where yeah. he moves in and stuff like that. So look, you have to be detailed oriented yeah, when you guys are going to put as much on his plate as, as the expectation. Yeah, and he's a smart guy. He can handle it. Um, you know, I, sometimes coaches get caught up in thinking about positions and this guy can do this and this guy is this position. But ultimately, if you can just see them as X's on the board and, and they can go out and just make plays, that's all that matters. Making plays and yeah. winning ball games. that's all that matters. Another guy who made a body kind of transformation this offseason, Ali McNeil. Yeah. You know, really dedicated himself, started, you know, stretching, um, yoga, all that kind of stuff, reduced the red meat. He said he, he dropped his um, body fat percentage by like 12%, something like that. Yeah. I mean, really looked leaner when we saw him in Absolutely. a media session too. What, what do you think, what's the benefit of that for, for a guy like Aleem? I mean, I don't, I don't know if I have the time to say. I think he's. <laughs> we a, got plenty of time. We're in no rush. <laughs> obviously, Mac is a. Um, he's a very good athlete. You know what I mean. Um, so when you have a very good athlete that has a, a body that's in top 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 condition, excuse me, no body fat or limited body fat, I guess just to say, he's going to be able to go out and do things at a really high level. I'm really excited to see what Mac can do, um, especially last year. Just kind of showing him what he was doing and what he was kind of struggling at and how possibly losing some weight and, and the body fat and whatnot changing his body could help change his game and he could be that much more successful. I think it's a credit to him and I'm really excited because you know, I would get about a, a weekly text message from him and it would just be a scale and I could see the weight going down and going down and then I'd get a a video where he's dunking and whatnot and I'm like, man, like I am super okay. excited to see what you can do this season yeah. and kind of go from there. 100%. Getting a guy like John Kaminsky back. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, I, I've had coaches on, we've talked about kind of glue guys or glue players on the roster. Guys that you just put on the field and they make everyone around them better. Kamish mm -hmm. is one of those guys that, at least to me, when I watch the film, watch the games, he might not always be getting the sack, but Aiden got the sack because the commission did you know played the game right did the stunt allowed another guy to just getting that guy back um how important was that was for your front incredibly important i mean um first of all outside of the player kaminsky is a great person like he is a great human being overall um you could talk to him about anything he'll come to you he's approachable he asks questions about your family you know what i mean i think there's something to be said when you work in this business and you're working with good people. You know what I mean? And that's something I really want to make sure that people understand about John Kaminsky. From a football player's perspective, um, I think probably the first thing that comes to mind is just unselfish. Yeah. You know, he's willing to do the dirty work. It doesn't matter if he's playing the shade, a three, or five, or nine. He just wants to go out there and help the team win games. Um, I think, you know, we've had conversations and even for Kaminsky, you know, he made a lot of plays. And I think he knows that he can make even more plays. And just being comfortable with the defense going into year two, I think for him as well too, it's going to be it's going to be great. You yeah. know what I mean, I'm really excited to see him flourish. Um, just his story coming from Atlanta to here and whatnot. It's it's a uh, 
it's a story that you root for, you know what I mean? So I'm, I'm very excited for that. You know, another guy you root for, and to your point about, you know, being good guys off the field too, Isaiah Bugs. you know, a guy that had to step into a bigger role than maybe was mm-hmm. expected last year. But when you speak of commission, you speak of Bugs. two guys that really wanted to come back, really wanted to be here. They could have maybe, you know, gone out on the market and, mm-hmm. and seen what was out there, maybe got a little bit more than they did, but they wanted to be back here. They believed in what was going on here. So to have guys like that, veteran guys, great leaders, Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, to get a guy like Bugs back, how good is that for those interior guys, especially the young guys, to have a veteran who's worked his way up from, um, you know, a low draft pick to to, to finding his way Absolutely. in this league? Absolutely. How important is that? It's. I mean, I don't know if you could put a, a, a specific word on it. You know what I mean? Obviously, Bugs has had his his story in terms of uh, starting off in Pittsburgh and coming here and whatnot. And I feel like he's found a home in Detroit. You know, we love him here as a coaching staff. I feel like the Detroit community loves him as well, too. Um, good player, great player, excuse me. He's going to come in, do his job. And, you know, he understands what this business is like. So for guys like Broderick Martin and whatnot, he can help them learn and, and uh, grow throughout the season. Because for rookies, you have the football aspect and you have the life aspect and then the, the business aspect. And it can get very difficult to manage all three of those. You know what I mean? And it helps when you have somebody like a Bugs, like a commix, uh, commix, excuse me, a commission guy to kind of help you tell you what to do and how to handle yeah. these distractions and whatnot that might come along the way. Uh, uh, speak, since you brought it up, Roderick Martin, uh, a guy that you guys moved up for, gave up fifth, uh, two fifths and a fourth to move up. That's how much you guys liked him. Saw him at the East-West Shrine game. Saw him kind of you know really take off there. What did you like about him in the pre-draft process? And now that you've got him, how excited are you? I mean, Cam, you can't teach six foot five, <laughs> 330 pounds and, and arms that can maybe tie his shoe when he's standing up, I, you know? One, one thing I used to look for when I was a college coach is uncoachable ability, yeah. whether that's size, length, or just, you know, unique speed, uh, your ability to bend off the corner. Obviously him being, what, six five, three twenty, or whatever, he's 330. I can't teach that, you right. know what I mean? So I'm, There's not many guys like that walking no, around Earth. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to have, yeah. I, if you're gonna be big, I, I love having big interior defense linemen. Um, so I'm very excited from that perspective. I think when you look at the pre-job project, process excuse me, with Broderick, the one thing that really stood out to me is he's a very sharp individual. You know what I mean? Um, he, he's going to be able to pick up the defense. He's going to study the defense. He's going to know the checks. He's going to know the adjustments. And, you know, coming in for a rookie again, learning the playbook from the football perspective, that's half the battle. You know what I mean? If you can get aligned and know what your assignment is from there, that's half the battle. And he's he's doing what he needs to do to be able to uh, put himself in a position to go out there and possibly earn a position. Uh, Josh Pascal, a guy that you worked with when you were at Kentucky as, mm-hmm. as a grad assistant there. And I know he was an outside linebacker. You mm-hmm. were a D-line coach, but there was probably some interactions there. Absolutely. At least you got to see him up close, mm-hmm. dealt with some injuries early on last year. But the end of last year, you got some playing time, and we really saw him start to make an impact. What do you expect from, from Josh going into his second season? I expect a lot. Um, you know, I think fans can look at the uh, the Dallas game, the Chicago game for sure, you know, and see, like, the, the type of player that Pascal can be. You know what I mean? And now that he's, you know, getting rid of the injuries, again, coming back into year two, there's a sense of comfortability with the defense and just knowing what to expect uh, throughout the NFL season. I really think he can make a lot of strides and help this uh, defense be very successful. Another guy who's kind of, you know, a linebacker role, but we see him a lot. We saw him a lot at the end of last year, James Houston, Mm -hmm. Um, a guy that you'll probably deal with a little bit too. I know there's a little bit of smile there. 
what did you like about him and, and, and what, what, what can we expect to see from him in year two just being more comfortable now having some success under his belt knowing that he can play a big role in this defense mm-hmm. if, if he does everything right just what have you seen from him what do you like about about James and how much impact can he have yeah um, I mean I think to start off with James has been here I want to say since the beginning of the workouts and mm-hmm. so uh, you know, just taking care of his body and being here and being around his teammates, I think that kind of goes a long way. Um, again, in terms of expectations, I don't want to put a word on it. You know, I think he has a lot of ability. Obviously, we know he could do as a pass rusher and just kind of expanding his role from there. You know what I mean? I think that's on James to pick everything up and, and mm-hmm. be able to execute and be dependable and whatnot, which I think he has that ability. But I think, you know, expectations are whatever he can set that as, and we'll just kind of go from there with James. But I, I really like what he can do. How dangerous can guys like Charles Harris, Romeo Okwara be? You know, guys that have had success in this league, veteran guys, they know the deal. Mm-hmm. Last year had some adversity, you know, mm-hmm. dealt with some injuries, mm-hmm. didn't have the impact they probably mm-hmm. expected to have probably pretty hungry I would expect coming into this season and and how nice is it to have some guys some veteran guys like that who you know are hungry to to have some some success and get back to where they were pre-injury yeah um it's really exciting you know I think for me I came in um and I didn't really get a chance to see Rome until I don't know I want to say maybe sometime after Thanksgiving yeah you know what I mean so everything that I've kind of saw was 2021 early in the season and um, seeing what he could do and, and showing his ability and, you know, still doing what he needs to do in the rehab process to make sure that he's fully ready to go. I'm really excited about it. Same thing with Charles Harris. I think the, the reality is, though, is when you have veteran leadership and guys who've actually done it before, that puts a, um, a, a comfortability for you as a coach that you can't really describe. They know what needs to happen. They know the ins and outs of the NFL. They know the ups and downs. I mean, there's it is what it is, you know what I mean? But to help those guys in that room to kind of be a um, a veteran mentorship for the younger guys and just set the tone overall, I'm really excited for what they can do. You know, we've talked about a lot of guys, and there's some guys we haven't even gotten to yet. It, it seems to me from the outside looking in that, that come the end of training camp, there are going to be maybe some tough decisions with, with, with starting spots, roster spots, depth, all of it. Mm-hmm. That's a good problem to have. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I'd rather, I'd rather be struggling to figure out, you know, who we're going to keep and who's starting, you know what I mean? Because everybody's playing at a very high level than to feel like, man, uh, I'm kind of nervous about who yeah. we're rolling out who, there. Who was cut? Who do we yeah, need to get? You know, you know? I, I'd yeah. rather have that problem than not have that problem. And ultimately, you know, my job is just to present yeah. the facts and whatnot. And Dan and Brad and whatnot, they'll, they'll make those final decisions and whatnot. But I'm really excited to coach whoever's in the room and yeah. just, you know, grow and, and grow from there. It was a tale of two defenses for this Detroit Lions team last year. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the first half of the season, obviously the numbers weren't anywhere close to what you guys wanted to be. Second mm-hmm. half of the season was much better. But still, when you look at the totality of the season and, and some of the, the, the numbers, 29th against the run, 30th in, in yards allowed per carry, um, you talked about being violent. How important is that? How important is it, it is stopping the run first and foremost, being violent up front and improving that part of the defense to make everything else better? Yeah, I mean, it's it's really important. I think if you could ever make your, your opponent from a defense perspective one dimensional, you're going to give yourself a really good chance to win this ball game. Um, obviously, the season didn't start how we wanted it to, but I think it shows a. Um, 
the resiliency of this team, uh, the maturity of the of the players and whatnot to turn things around. Um, no one ever stopped believing in themselves. Um, you know, I, I remember very vividly. Uh, I can't remember uh, going into Green Bay. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. We had a really good week of practice, really good week of preparation. Um, it would have been easy for guys to kind of just turn it in and just say whatever. No, we're out there yeah. being physical, having competitive practices, guys flying around, guys trying to get better. And um, obviously it, it turned out very well for us. And I think having that success and ending the season on such a high note, they understand the expectation. You know what I mean? There's a certain, um, there's a price to being successful that you cannot escape from. And so you got to pay your dues. You got to put in the work and whatnot. I think everybody understands that. And everybody's just really excited about the opportunity to go out and just be great. How much do you guys like up front, looking back behind you, seeing guys like C.J. Gardner-Johnson, seeing guys <laughs> like Cam Sutton, yeah. seeing, you know, Mosley will be out there soon enough. But look, pass rush in this league is, is a marriage between rush and cover. You Absolutely. know that better than anyone Absolutely. else. And so to be um, what everyone expects to be markedly better mm-hmm. in, in the secondary, how big can that be for, for you guys up front as well? I think it'd be great for everybody. I mean, not just what we have up front, but the entire defensive unit and the entire team. Obviously, we did a lot of things in free agency and in the draft, going out and getting some quality guys to help our back-end um, back roster. And from that perspective, I'm really excited. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm excited about Cam. I'm excited about E-Man. I'm excited about Branch. I'm excited about Kirby. I'm excited to see Tracy coming back as well, too. Yeah. Like, I mean, we got guys out there. We got CJ as well, too. You know, I'm I'm really excited to see what all those what all those guys are able to do out there on the field. And I think fans are excited to see what your guys up front can do, too. You know, obviously, we saw it with, with, with Aiden, but, you know, guys like Kamish, Pascal going into his second year, Aleem, Broderick. Yeah. It looks like you've got some, some guys that can really contribute you you look pretty versatile up there can, can play a lot of different fronts Absolutely. do a lot of different things Absolutely. are you excited about this group <laughs> excited is is an understatement um you know i think just obviously again where we ended the season where we started the season and just understanding what we can be you know i think i'm really excited to just put in the work you know what yeah. i mean i want to get to camp i want to get to practice otas and veteran mini camp and just start putting that that laying the foundation for yeah. this upcoming season because I think we have a chance to be really good. And get the pads on. Right? Start, get the pads start on. Start seeing that violence. Yeah, let's see nine on seven. Let's see, you know, team run and all that kind of stuff. I'm I'm really excited about that. I Absolutely. know fans are excited for that too, Cameron Davis. Thanks for joining me. Absolutely. For taking the time. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome back to the 20 in the Huddle podcast presented by Microsoft. And I am very happy to welcome in Aleem McNeil, defensive tackle for the Detroit Lions. And Aleem, you're entering year three. Um, you've got a, a new uh, defensive line coach in John Scott Jr. Now, Cameron Davis w- was here. You know, he returns as, as the assistant. Just what's 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 been the biggest difference with, with, with John Scott in there? What, what, what's what been kind of his message to you guys? Yeah, um, you know, kind of how like what, what you're saying, what Cam was talking about, you know, with violence and the way we attack the field and the way we're just going to play this year is going to be, you know, a whole new demeanor about us and everything. Um, but with Coach Scott, he's, he's been great so far. What he what we've done so far is um, we've gone back to the beginning and then we've broken everything down as far as, like, plays, concepts, stuff like that, um, technique and stuff like that. He's a real – he's a teacher. Coach Scott is a teacher, like, for, to the most. Like, you could go – anybody can go in there and you'll be a great D-line when you leave out of there. He, he teaches really good. 
Um, but our message right now is just violence, consistency. Um, but, you know, we're still in, like, our training phase right now, too, so we're trying to get our bodies right, trying to get in shape. Um, but right now, our word of the year would be violence, I would say. Is that hard because the, the violent of, uh, you know, the message of violence, violence, and then you go to an OTA practice, yeah. which we watch, and it's, you know, you, you can't be violent. There's yeah. rules, you know, you, you've got to, you know, st- just gotta is this a hard time because you want to get the pads on, you want to strap it up so much, but you just have to understand that, that it's a process and, and yeah. OTAs and this are part of that? No, yeah, for sure. Because like you just said, you like I mean, for us, as far as D-lineman, you can't really get off the ball like you want to right now um, just because you can't really be physical like that. So, but it kind of goes against it, but you just got to say, you got to have it in your head, like mentally. You got to know like, okay, on this play, I know I can get my hands here and I'm doing this on this play. You just got to go through the mental gymnastics of it yeah. without being too physical right now. But once we throw on the pads, there will be no excuses. So Violence, that seems like a good mantra to have up front. Is it that fits your game to a T, doesn't it? You have to be. I mean, if you're not playing violent, you're not playing D-line. Like, you have to create disruption. You have to. How does the body transformation that you went through this offseason, you really dedicated yourself to diet. You said you wanted to be a little more professional mm-hmm. this offseason. And you had seen guys around the league at your position consistently making plays. And, yeah. and obviously you've, you've been a playmaker here, but you, you said, I want to be one of those guys. I want to every play consistently be one of those guys, one of those top interior defenders. So, you, you know, you, you diet the stretching has been important to you. You've lost how much percentage in, in your body fat? 20%. You've lost 20% of your body fat. That's 13%. Sorry. 13. Yeah, but 13. still, that's that's a big number. Yeah. I mean, you were at 325. So I, I know you said earlier you, you, you were planning to kind of play around that weight. But, mm-hmm. but what is, what's been the difference just in terms of what you felt now that you've returned to the field in OTs, what, what you've, mm-hmm. you've seen from yourself, just how has that transformation kind of uh, transferred over to the football field? No, I just feel like a athlete again. Like, I just feel a lot better now. Um, you know, but just being able to do different things now and far as because like last year sometimes i'd be limited just due to like some flexibility regions and you know with me stretching now and i'm not you know yoga instructor now but i've gotten a lot more flexible with how i'm able to move and different movements and stuff and i've seen it carry over you know coaches have told me about it as well but um i just feel like better i'm able to move and bend a lot differently now get into different positions play play things differently it's just a lot better from here. Low man wins up exactly. front, right? I mean, and so that's the biggest thing, right, mm-hmm. is is being able to maybe, you know, you know get lower than the offensive line, push him back. Mm-hmm. Some pass rush ability, you think that's going to be added to your game as well because of this This. This, this is what the transformation was for, yeah. if I'm really being honest with you, is to be able to rush that passer like I want to. Um, but that's what really what the transformation was for, just so I could be able to, a better football player for the Lions, you know, be able to do everything they need me to do, so – you played a little more than 400 snaps as a rookie last year. That number was over 700. I mean, you played 70% of the snaps. How do you think that will translate to just the the energy, being able to play a lot more snaps too mm-hmm. in fourth quarter, being still at your exactly. best? Is that part of the transformation too, Aleem? Yeah, 100%. You know, those definitely those fourth quarter moments. But just being able to play throughout the game consistently, not, you know, breathing hard and worried about catching your breath and stuff like that, just being able to play. You know, nothing's limiting me and all in the way. I just want to – and like like you were saying, I just want to be able to play. If I have to play every snap of the game, I want to be able to do that. You know, so I just want to make sure I'm in tip-top shape as best as I can be. 
we saw that transformation you made from year one to year two. Talk about that being a real thing. And, and what do you expect with guys like Aiden Hutchinson, James Houston, uh, Josh Pascal, guys who are now going into their second year? How much more comfortable did you feel in year two? And is that really a thing for players? And, yeah. and, and why is that? 100%. I mean, that first year you come in, you've never seen an NFL game. So the speed of it is beyond crazy. And now the fact that James and, you know, Aiden, they had almost, Aiden had, what is it, nine and a half? And James had yeah, like eight. nine, almost yeah. eight and a half. And the fact that they had that their first year and the game was super fast and I just about to slow down for them, <laughs> I really don't know what to say. But I think it's, and Josh as well. Um, but I, I really think they're going to have great years just because it's going to slow down. That's yeah. a real thing, I promise you. But it's going to be great. Mentally, they know a lot of things now. They got 17 games under their belt now. Right. So, you know. It's just gonna slow down for him, and it's gonna be it's gonna be exciting to see. Commish resigns, you get Bugs back. We talked about Houston, Hutch, Pascal. You know some of the other guys up mm-hmm. front. Just what are the expectations for the for this defensive line? It, it was such a young group last year, mm-hmm. but but now those young guys have have shown that they can make plays. Yeah. Now veteran guys like yourself, you're getting into your prime in year three. What's the expectation for that front? Yeah, well, I mean. Personally, we have huge expectations in ourselves. You know, we want to be able to control and dictate what's going on. You know, because it starts with us in the in the trenches. It starts with the D line first, and it works our way back. And we just want to be able to control what's going on in the game. Like we feel like we have the the ability to do that. Uh, obviously, this is the NFL. You know, there's NFL players on the other side, but we just want to be able to control what's going on. Like I think we have the ability and the talent, the players to do that. And we just want to like we just want to assert dominance. You said it starts up front, works its way works its way back. When you look at some of the additions that they've made to the back, um, getting guys like C.J. Gardner Johnson, Cam Sutton, yeah. Emmanuel Mosley, how much does that make you smile a little bit? Because you know j- just as well as me that when you're talking about pass rush in the NFL, it's it's a marriage between rush and cover, and it looks like you guys have proved improved the back end of that mm-hmm. so much that that can only help you guys out up front oh, yeah. too, can it? One hundred percent, because we've added just straight dogs back there <laughs> like and not even just talking about their game just their mentally and their attitude on the field has has changed us so much as a defense because I'm listening to CJ and Cam and them back there high energy just talking trash or whatever it is and it just gets me going yeah. so not even football wise they're getting me going but it's going it's going to be crazy to see especially with those guys locking people up like that so cj's that guy back there right i can just tell from watching one ota practice that he's dancing around he's talking he's the one that that kind of is bringing that fire back there isn't he 100 that number two he he deserves that That that's that 100 he's that guy He's that guy. You played nose, obviously, a lot early. You you played some three technique last year. They kind of want to move you around a little bit. I think this body transformation is really gonna gonna help your ability to do that. But getting a guy like Broderick Martin in that that has experience playing the nose, yeah. will that allow you to to free up, maybe move around a little bit too? And what have you seen from mm-hmm. Broderick early on? Uh, I think so. I think it'll allow me to be able to move around a little bit. Um, you know, but what I've seen from Broderick early on, Broderick's super strong. Um, he's instinctive. He uses his hands he's, and his length. Um, Broderick has really, really crazy length. Um, once he gets his hands on somebody, he's able to extend. I don't know if anybody in the league will be able to get a hand on him because his arms are so long. But, um, you know, he's, he's a hard worker. He's 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 learning a lot. And, you uh, know, we're, we're pretty much the same age, so I can, I'm, it's kind of weird for me to try to tell Broderick Brod- to do stuff. But, um but he, he's coming along good, and he's learned to playbook like the back of his hand. So, like, he's coming along really, really good, though. 
The expectations of Lima are much more than you were probably used to at this time in the season, your first and second year. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you look at just the schedule, the, the four primetime games, the five national um, televised games. You guys are starting the season, the first game of the year in Kansas City. Does it feel different? Is there a different feel in the building just because of the expectations? You guys have always had, obviously, big expectations for yourselves, but now it's outside the building. It's nationally, too. Do you guys feel that? I would say, personally, no, because we, like you said, we already have big expectations for ourselves. I mean, we have bigger expectations than what anybody could imagine. But, I mean, you you do and you don't, in a way. I mean, in a way, you're not really supposed to be kind of into that, you know, into the media stuff. But it's, it's, it's there. The hype is there. But we're just working right now. You know, we're not even, we're not focused on that. We, we're working right now. We're trying to get to that point. So when we play that first game of the year, we're on it. Yeah, we're on it and we're doing what we need to do. So you feel it and you don't. Yeah, a little bit. And there's certainly excitement around. Let's talk a little bit about your off season. Did you get in anything this off season? I know you're huge into music. You got any? Um, you, you got some new music coming out. Did you travel at all? What was the off season like traveling. for you? I did a little bit of travel. I was really just at home though in North Carolina, um, just trying to get you know getting the body right, yeah. but. Um, as far as music, I did drop an album. It's called For the Label. Okay. Um, Where can I people did, find it? It's on Apple Music, Spotify. I haven't dropped it on uh, SoundCloud yet, but it's on YouTube as well. Um, the links are in my bio on Instagram and my Twitter through my link tree. But um, yeah, I, and I that's did all that. you're passionate about. Yeah, a little bit. It's, it's just something fun to do. Like if I'm you know not here and I'm not studying or something, I just got some time. Why not? I'll just go make a song right quick or something. Or I'll just do something I already had wrote down. But um, it's just fun. I wish more people could, like, really understand or, like, do it one day. Like, if you go make a song, you're like, oh, okay. It's just not that, it's not that hard. It's something fun to do. And then who's going to like your music better than you? Nobody. That's all I listen to on the way here. And when I leave, yeah. it's me. So, yeah, it's just something fun to do. But, yeah, for the label, it's on Apple Music, Spotify. So It was all engineered and everything here in uh, Michigan. So. Well, go check that out. I, you know, when you walked in, when I saw you on the field, obviously earlier, and then you walk in the studio, you can tell the, the, the transformation that you made. You put a lot of work in 13% body fat reduction. That's that's quite a bit for a guy as big as you. And I think that's going to translate to the field. And I think there's uh, some big things in your future for year three. So thanks for joining me. I know people are excited to see this new vamp defense and you anchor in the center of it. Appreciate you, Liam. Appreciate you having me on. All right. For sure.